Power Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today is going to be a special treat. I'm looking forward to this. Every once in a while, someone shines a light on a topic that helps everything make sense. It illuminates our understanding and brings the light of awareness, lifting our experience to a whole new level. And it's my hope that this conversation today will do that in more ways than one. What if that light could help us navigate these dark and confusing times? What if that light could help us make sense of our personal experience? And what if that light could ignite an evolution of consciousness? I have one more question for you. What if that light were you? Using a powerful metaphor of becoming a son, our guest today teaches profound spiritual wisdom with divine simple truth. This conversation is sure to open you to a new understanding and awareness of your life as a loving, creative field of potentiality. We are about to explore the limitless blessings that arise from shining your radiantly infinite and eternal self into the world. What does that mean? Here's a clue. The magic begins when you realize you're already a son. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. David Karcher is a motivational speaker, workshop leader, composer, educator, international best-selling author, and thought leader on primal spirituality. Karcher is the author of Becoming a Son, Emotional and Spiritual Intelligence for a Happy, Fulfilling Life. And I'm so happy to welcome him back to the show. We had you on, David, three years ago. And so it's about time to get you back on here. Welcome back. Thank you, Julie. What, what a pleasure to be on with you and your audience. Oh, well, thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation. And I have to tell you that um, this book, well... I'm going to I'm going to speak about it throughout this whole show because I'm really I'm really just um, intrigued by the potential, the healing potential of this book to help our listeners and to help so many. And so it's on my nightstand. I read through it to prep for the show. I am going to leisurely read through it again because there's so much there, David, and I know we can't. We can't cover it in one show. So we're going to give it a good start. And there are a few points that I really want to bring out. But first, David, if you remember, I have a traditional first question on this show. And it doesn't matter how many times I ask it. We get such beautiful, um, rich, and meaningful responses from our guests. So I'm going to start again by asking you our traditional first question. What does all things connected mean to you? Well, simply that all things are connected, and we're connected to all things as human beings, and we're part of the circle of life, 
We're part of this great body of humanity. And even though our thinking can sometimes tend to isolate us so that we feel lonely and we feel like we're, we've got to make it on our own, it's, it's actually not true. We are part of each other. We are part of this beautiful planet. That's what it means to me. Mm, thank you. David, the fun part of asking it again and again um, over time is that we're your first response because it is true we're all connected is like what we're getting more and more and we're we're not in this position of having to try to prove it or demonstrate it anymore which is so exciting and your book really is um a beautiful body of literature and prose and poetry that brings that whole concept to life it's so beautiful and there's one piece that i'm really looking forward to bringing out but you open the book with this beautiful invitation you write it is our personal and collective destiny to become a son to become on the outside what we already are on the inside a conscious presence of universal love can you speak more about what that really means to you before we dig in deeper to some of the specifics yeah sure julie so it's really true uh it's a little bit poetic i hope what you just read but it's also really true and within us within our atoms is the same power that's in the sun it's the same power within all things and I think an appropriate name for it is universal love. It's the fire of the universe, the fire of stars, and it's the fire in us. And that fire, just by our very nature, wants to come out. That love inside us wants to come out through us as a human being in the unique way that we're capable of as human beings. And, and that includes consciousness. So it wants to come out in a conscious way, in a conscious life. And that is our destiny, to let that happen. And we're fulfilled when we do let it happen. And if we don't, we find we get burnt in life and we're not fulfilled. So when you really see what's going on, it doesn't leave you a lot of choice, really. You know, just to be with what's already happening, which is we truly are becoming a son. Mm. Thank you, David. And I'm really glad you answered that way because in my intro, I said it was a metaphor and I went back and forth with that so many times because like you, I see it as a truth too. And I love how you said this fire in the universe is that fire in the sun is the fire in our atoms. It's like that same designing intelligence. It's that same creative spark, that impulse of creation. And so it was hard to describe it without allowing, I, I love in the book, when you start talking about how the sun works, it helps us to really understand that we can be that sun, that we can become that sun. So the metaphor is really beautiful and there's a truth right on the other side of it, right? There is, you know, there really is. And just because we can't see something with our physical eyes doesn't mean it's not real. You know, we are firsthand witnesses to our human experience and, and all that's going on there. And it's not explainable in, in purely physical terms, even though a physical metaphor 
helps us understand what's happening. But uh, but I I believe it's so important for us as human beings to get our inner eyes on what's actually happening in our human experience. And that's such a challenge for so many people. So many people, if you were to ask them, you know, how are you feeling? The answer is, well, I don't know, or tired, or, you know, some answer that just reveals that the person is unaware of what's happening within their humanity. So we, I, I do believe we have to have eyes on on what's truly transpiring. And once we see it, 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 be, it is magical. It is mystical and creative. Yeah. And once we see it, it changes everything. One of the things that you say um, is that the presence of consciousness changes the behavior of creation. Now that's a, that's a big one sometimes for people to digest and to really assimilate what that really means. So I'm going to say it again, and maybe you can expand on that because I think this is another important part of how that changes everything is what does it mean that the presence of consciousness changes the behavior of creation? Well, well, of course, we know this from quantum physics, and we know the experiments that have been done that says that light behaves differently, whether it's being, whether or not it's being watched, which is a crazy thing, but it, it or it seems crazy, but it, it is so. So how much more so is that true in our own human experience? So when we witness, for instance, another person, they are changed by us witnessing them, by us simply seeing them. Their life changes by having been witnessed. And by the same token, we're changed when we witness something truly profound that is happening for another person. And it's all the more so when we see it in ourselves, when we, we see what's actually transpiring and then our human experience comes alive it gets activated by consciousness, and we have a chance to experience some mastery in living because, because it's really hard to be masterful over something you can't even see. And I do think that for so many people, that's the position they're in. Mm. Yeah, thank you. So so taking that piece back to the the metaphor and the reality – um, the metaphor, you, you write about the sun in a way that people can really warm up to, literally warm up to. You say, what your world and the people in it need most from you is for you to become a sun. It is the most natural thing for you to do to bring warmth, to bring your warmth, your light and the gravity of who you are. And when you do, you provide a point of orientation for your world. So you start to bring in this language, and you're right, it's beautiful, poetic, beautiful prose, beautiful languaging, and yet this kind of this wake-up call to, oh my gosh, um, to become a sum really is to step into this power, this spiritual power, this this um what would be the word for the, the, the fullness of our soul in human form and start shining that light, becoming that warmth, becoming that. And, and even talking about gravity helps us understand that relationship to the sun. So becoming a sun, you also mention, 
is this is the most seminal point for me, David, and I, I would love for you to expand on this when you talk about becoming the sun for your creative field. I even am titling this show Understanding Your Creative Field because I think this is really important. So can you speak more about what you mean by the creative field? I think this one concept is so important that everything builds from this place that all of a sudden we see our life as this world that's re- that really um, is revolving around us as sun. Can you speak more to that? Yeah, I can. So we might define the world we live in in various ways. R- really, I, I think the metaphor of a solar system is is very apt. So there is there's a field around us. And there are things in the field, but we're in that field. So uh, our light and our warmth is in that field. So our consciousness, our presence is in that field. And that has a tremendous influence on the field that we're in. So our field is illuminated by the light that we bring to it. And then our field is warmed by our presence. And we talk about uh, our field and it's it's the energy and it's the consciousness, but then it's populated. So just like the solar system is populated by planets, our field is populated by people. And when they're in our field and we're becoming a sun, we're being a sun for our field, that means there's something connected up at a soul level. And that includes the emotional body, which is connecting us to the very source of love within us so that that source of love can warm the field that we're in. And then people who are with us in that field feel that warmth just because we're there. And perhaps they too begin to allow their own warmth to be activated and to warm the field. And the same is true with light and then gravity the, the same is true as gravity. We are like the sun. We have the potential for gravity. And the sixth chapter of my book speaks about how it's courage, our own courage to be ourselves that creates that gravity. Mm. So, David, this, like I said, this is the seminal point for me because when we understand this, that we, we are becoming a sun in our own creative field, then the power shifts inward. Like we know we have this potential inside and oftentimes we're looking outside and we're looking at the external world as affecting us. And I I just went through this very physical um, experience in my life where I had an accident and had to physically recover. And it was like my entire perception of the world was mixed up and shifted as instead of that internal world that was so rich for so many years in my life, I became so physical. I was like, everything was just a physical thing in my world. And, and then I felt victim to that. I felt disconnected from that source and that sun and that what have you. And it's so easy for us to think like that, that we're victims of things outside of ourselves. So going back to this point that I, I'm sorry if it seems long and I, I, 
I would love to hear you speak more and more and more about it, but we won't, we don't have to go there in length, but as we become sun, become the sun in our own creative field, the power shifts. Can you speak about that internal sun and how that does shift how we see the world around us and experience the world around us? Yeah, I sure can, Julie. Uh, so I see this as really a crux issue for humanity and yeah. for, for all of us, really. And if if we consider our experience in the world, it is so seemingly reasonable that we're victimized by the world. So other people can do things that affect us. We can experience things physically like having an accident or the weather or climate change or so many things that can impact us. And it's undeniable that something is happening at that level that does impact us. And in some sense, you could could say we are a victim of those things. However, what we also know is that if that's the defining reality that we're living in, we're done for. It's no fun. It's not creative. It doesn't go to a good place. And we haven't found another way of being in our world that transcends that. And the way I I think of it is that while it's true that in the short term, there are these things that happen that impact us, the bigger picture is that when we become a sun, when we activate that power of, of the sun through consciousness and through our words, through what we say and do, then there's something else happening that has a larger influence in our world that is, it's hard to pinpoint. But nonetheless, I've proven to myself, and I'll bet many of your listeners have too, that when they let that creativity pour through them consistently, somehow the world reshapes to accommodate it and in response to it. And something good happen, happens. Something grows. Things get better. And it, it doesn't mean it's all going to go the way you think it's going to go. That's certainly not been my life. But still, if you're open to it, something beautiful happens. Something creative is born out of all that. And then you, through that, you discover, no, I'm not actually a victim of, of circumstance. I'm a creator in my creative field. Mm. words of wisdom i'm julie kroll you're listening to the dr julie show all things connected we're here with david karsher talking about his new book becoming a son we're going to take a quick break right afterwards we're going to dig into more beautiful prescription for a beautiful life what does this really mean to become a son we'll be right back listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. 
It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor, give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hey, Russell Wilson here, and I know how important exercise is. It's with Play 60, United Way and the NFL are helping kids stay active and play at least 60 minutes a day. Healthy kids, healthy kids. But what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org slash play60 because great things happen when we live united. Donate, donate. Are you guys going to do that every time? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Adding light to the world, one heart at a time. This is Empower Radio. Back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on, you can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com. And today I'm here with David Karsher, author of Becoming a Son. Look for David at davidkarsher.com. That's David, K-A-R-C-H-E-R-E.com. And welcome back to the second half, David. I'm like, there's so many there's so many beautiful, amazing concepts in the book that I want to bring forward. And, and, and yet I feel handicapped in this 
second half, like we don't have enough time to do all this. But I think one of the things that would be um, perhaps really helpful before we dig into it, I want to look at the, our thoughts, our feelings, our body, what that really has to do with this creative field that we're talking about. But first, why don't you give us a little insight into your journey of becoming a son and where this wisdom emerged within your consciousness and your life. Yeah, I'd be glad to, Julie. You know, uh, on October 15th of this year, I realized it was 50 years ago to the day Hmm. that I led a protest march to protest the war in Vietnam from my high school with friends. 1,200 of us marched downtown, and I gave a speech, among others, at at, at, uh, to thousands more. And I did that because, like many people, I was looking around at the world and thought, this world is going to a bad place. And I don't want to be part of that. I want to be part of something different. And I didn't know what it was. And so I was really angry. I was uh, 17 at the time. And I was angry because... Um, I didn't see a world that I wanted to participate in and I didn't see a way forward for myself. And, and also I realized that all the things that I was railing against in the society around me had infected my own soul. Mm. And so I, I really didn't have an answer for the world or, or for myself. And I ran across people uh, about two months after that I ran across people from Sunrise Ranch, where I live now, who brought a a very empowering message, which was what I was looking for was within me, and that that's true for all people, and it's true for us as humanity. The answer that we're looking for all around us, ultimately, it's inside inside us. And yes, the world needs an answer, but if that answer is to be given to the world, it has to originates someplace and where it originates from is within our own heart, within our own soul and with what we're connected to, which is a universal love and a universal intelligence that we have found some way of blotting out of the human experience. And so to me, you know, from that day forward, my life became about opening up to all that for myself, for my, for my own sake, but then also to to bring an answer to the world and uh, re- really bring the message that there's something inside us that wants out. And we have to learn to connect to that and open to it and then let it tell us what it wants to tell us and teach us in the living of life what our life is meant to be about and what the answer is for our creative field and then for, for the world as a whole. Mm. That, in short, what it is, and of course, like anybody's life path, there are all kinds of learnings and adventures along the way, all kinds of all kinds of ways that life teaches us and grows us, open things up for us if if we're willing to let it happen. Yeah, and you know, so life teaches us, and yet our our the culture we're in, the world we're in right now. Um, contradicts that in so many ways. So maybe we could talk about the differences between the belief that the field is causing our experiences versus us. We are creating the field. And how might you 
introduce this to people who aren't quite there like yeah right you know this is going on in the media this is what's going on in my community this is what's going on in my job and my home how do you communicate david what what would you do to to introduce this truth and this wisdom of life itself in a world that feels so contradictory to it i i really think julie that a person has to find it first within themselves before they can find it in the field around them or in the world. So they have to discover, open up to something larger than what they've known themselves to be. So it, it, it's true, I believe, for anyone who begins to open up to the love that's inside them and the wisdom that's available to them, that it's just magical and inspiring what's there there is a source of of love and a source of wisdom that's available to us that when we tap into it and and then are, are courageous enough to live from it it just changes our life and if it does then we look around at other people and we look around at the world world in which we live and we realize the same is true for everyone that there's, there's something more that's behind what's happening. And we, we tend to think as human beings that we're calling all the shots and we watch the politics and you know, listen to the media that is acting as if it's causing everything to happen. Whereas there's a larger creative event that's going on and then we realize that we have a chance to be with that, to participate with it, and then be on the crest of it and what we're creating in our own life and, and with other people. Mm. So, David, when you talked about the sun not just being a metaphor, you mentioned that we are of that on the atomic level and so often in our world today we we hear about universal love it's with platitude it's a nice thing and it's in our hearts and then and then literally there's this big movement of tapping into that wisdom in the heart space there is intelligence there but when i hear your words in this book. And when I hear the invitation to become a son, it takes me into a realm that is in every atom, but it's this, it, it, it's more than my body and my heart. It's not like every atom in my physical body. It's that connectivity of that universal intelligence, that fire that you mentioned, that's in everything. So how, how like, I don't even have a question for this, David, I'm just talking at this point, yeah. because I think it's such an important piece for us to contemplate going beyond the physical realm. And you talk about the emotional body, the physical body, the spiritual body, but we're also talking about this creative field and it's like that same creative spark, that same universal love is that 
connectivity. It's that source of connectivity that shifts us into the state of power and creator source as ourselves, co-creators. So I guess what I'm asking, David, is moving the conversation from what's popular media right now of practices that bring us into the heart, um, we also need to really understand that that heart connectivity is in every cell of our being, but it's also in the field and everyone and everything that's in our personal world right now, right here, right now, as is. It is, Julie. And, you, you know, the uh, subtitle of my book is Emotional and Spiritual Intelligence for a Happy, Fulfilling Life. And, and you mentioned the heart, the emotional body. And you know, we, we live in a culture that holds in such high esteem intellectual knowing. And it, into, intellectual knowing is good. However, it's not enough. And there are things that we know because our heart does break open and does open to it. And it's not just living in a soft kind of lovey kind of place. The cracking open of the heart is important because it's opening us to a knowing of something we cannot know any other way. It's opening us to the stream of something from inside ourselves, and it's getting, uh, getting us in touch with something inside other people that without that, we're just not in touch. And so, you know, if a person isn't living their life that way, life itself has a way of cracking us open. And many of us can, can admit that we got awakened because our heart got cracked open sometimes through some kind of loss or some kind of disappointment, something that di didn't go the way we thought it would. And the advantage of that, while it, it, can be, it can feel devastating initially, but the advantage of it is it opens us up to something bigger than the intellectual box in which we've been living. And then we become aware of the source of our own being and the source of the field in which we live. And we can become agents of that source and in what we say and what we do and what we create in, in the awareness that we bring to other people and to, to the creative field in which we live. Beautiful. Agents of the source. I love that. And, and another important, important point that, that you bring through in the book is suggesting that maybe I should say it you're not suggesting that it's all about the perfect light that we become this point of light and that we ignore or deny the darkness and the shadow you you speak specifically about the beauty of the darkness the potentiality of the darkness and I really appreciate how you say that that the the darkness is the unformed and the unknown so what we're really looking at is really welcoming that darkness and embracing the 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 great potentiality of it. It's not like just saying, become a sun, you're all light, only radiate. It's like, understand the relationship of the darkness with the light. Can you expand on the idea of the darkness? Sure, uh, happy to. So I think the the darkness relates to 
what has yet to take form in our life. It could be the darkness of our future. It could be the darkness of the depth of our own heart or the darkness of the depth of a heart of another. And we tend to associate darkness with something bad or evil. It doesn't have to be. It can be just what what is new territory. And really, we're here, I believe, in our life to allow the light of who we are, the light of the light of our being, to shine in dark places and activate them and and be up for the adventure of where that goes. So uh, th- there's that kind of darkness that, that we have in our li- life. And that, that whole process is so beautiful. It's so beautiful to have the depths of our own, the waters of our own emotional body stirred. Mm. And, you know, how deep can that go? I guess we'll, you know, we can find out in our life if, if we just keep letting it deepen. And then the profound changes that, that really need to happen for healing and for for the fulfillment of our life and the fulfillment of humanity. Those profound changes come because the depth of the darkness that's present is penetrated by the light. Mm. And we can let that happen in ourselves and with other people. I had this image of the creative womb when you were talking about the darkness and that that deeper place within and and then you talked about the waters of the emotional body and and then it was like yeah that creative womb space the darkness is our creative womb space so let's let's literally work with it to bring forward more light i love that but you also do this really beautiful job um again poetic job in the book Speaking about the waters, I love how you bring in the waters and you talk about the need for flow, what happens when it's frozen and we're warming and and that the waters bring new life. I'm going to ask you to just speak about the waters because you just brought it through in that last answer. And I I would be remiss if I I didn't allow you to go deeper with that. Yeah, love to. Uh, You know, uh, water is... Again, you might say it's a symbol for the human heart. Uh, our heart, if it's really open, it is fluid. Um, it has a water level and it has a depth. It has all those things. And th- that's, that's precious in a human being. Of course, it's literal too, because we, we are mostly water, even physically. And our emotions are carried in the fluids of the body. So it, it's, it's a metaphor, but there's also something literal and physical about it. So there are the, the waters of our soul. And what does it mean to truly offer love to the heart of another? It is to bring the warmth of the element of fire, the fire of love, and to warm the heart of another. And for that to happen... Of course, if we're the one one whose heart's being warmed, we have to open up those waters to the the, the fire of love from another, or or from inside ourselves, from from the in, invisible source that uh, that brings the 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 power of love, the fire of love. Beautiful. I'm mm and then on here. <laughs> Thank you for that. I I just want to presence that 
in the book, you bring in all the elements beautifully, um, very intelligently talking about all the elements and how they relate to the body and what all this, it's a, it's a much bigger conversation. I'm going to encourage our listeners to go to becoming a son and really dig into that. If you're, if you're interested in looking at that, but I do want to give us time for this, this at least one more piece here, because I think this is a power powerful prescription, David, you write, if you see someone as outside of you, which is just, this is like a follow-up to what you were just saying about our relationships here. If you see yourself, if you see someone as outside of you, it probably seems difficult to hold consistent, positive thoughts. From that perspective, it's impossible. When you understand that the people and circumstances of your life are living within your consciousness, your innate ability to surround them with compassion and understanding kicks in. Now, wow, I, I want to read it again and again so our listeners can really hear it, but I'm going to give you a moment here. Is that a healing balm for everything that ails us in this moment on the planet or what? Let's expand on that. If the difference between when we really hold and understand the people and circumstances in our life in that it's it's within this living consciousness creative field that we're creating again it changes everything david can you speak to that i love this idea it's so powerful yeah i can julie so i want to speak of it first metaphorically and then uh very personally, what, what it is for us as human beings. So metaphorically, there's the sun. We tend to think of the sun as this little ball up there, and then there's these planets roaming around around it. But actually, the sun is in the solar system. If the sun is not only its core, but it's its light, that light and that gravity of the sun and that warmth of the sun is extending on out to Pluto. So actually, the sun is embracing all the planets in its being. And in the same way, we think of ourselves as just this physical body, and then there are all these other physical bodies roaming around. Well, on that basis, we're separate. However, as, as you were just saying, the, all the people in our world are included in our consciousness. So our consciousness must extend out at least as far as all those people. And it's not only our consciousness, but also our influence, our gravity that, that draws them to, to us, our love, our awareness. They're being held in some way in our energy field. They, in that sense, they are held in our being. And it, it's maybe a scary thought with some of the people who are in our world, <laughs> but it's true. And if they, even if they do terrible things, we are still responsible for them simply because they are in our field. We are responsible to somehow hold them, handle them, allow for what's most creative for them and for the field that they are in. And, and so I, I don't know of any other sane way to, to live a human life. Any other way, you're simply being victimized, I think, by all these people around you, as opposed to knowing that, that they are in your world 
that they are in some way your people for better or for worse. Mm. Yes, for better or for worse. And David, there's one last piece that I want to presence here because you do say in the book that not everyone is going to get this. And so I'm, I'm betting that most of our listeners are going right on. I love this. Um, there's a call here. There's a call here that it's not that we're becoming the center of the universe on this planet right now. It's really a call for all of us to wake up into this call to become a son and that those who are feeling this call, this invitation and this really um, an important prescription for humanity, the healing of our human body, the, the one planetary body right now, if we're healing it, it's more about all of us coming together as this central sun together. Can you explain that more? I didn't do a very good job, but can you can you explain that to our listeners? If they're sitting here going, yes, what does that really mean for what's happening on our planet right now and what, what the world needs from us? Well, Julie, I, I'm very aware that there there is a global awakening that's happen, happening. And we're a part of part of that, I'm sure. Everyone listening to this broadcast is a part of that. There's something awakening from within us. And as that's happening, we're not only becoming aware of ourselves in a different way as a creator being, but we're becoming aware of each other and that this is happening together. There is a mass awakening. And at the same time, there's, there's mass ignorance on the, on the planet. And... Here we are to allow what's, what is awakening, to fully awaken, to be born fully into human culture and, and find out who we are together as one body of humanity with, a, with really a very different paradigm for how we're operating than the, the world as we know it. And it, it's pretty clear if you... You don't have to look around at the world that much to, to realize there's something quite dysfunctional going on. And what I did see at, as a teenager is, has not changed that much. It's a different war, different day. Uh, but we're still facing the same issues. And we're still part of something that's awakening within us. And we, I do believe we have to have the courage each of us to, to claim that for ourselves, to own it, to own what's happening and be with what's happening, be the happening ourselves. Mm. Beautiful. David, thank you for, for really waking up to that at such a young age. And I think about when you're talking about this mass awakening, I, I love that you um, also speak to the mass ignorance, but with this awakening, it again, is a beautiful evidence of that sun shining in every cell of our being and, and all around the planet, that literally this awakening is occurring on every continent, in every country. People are awakening to this universal love and this consciousness. There's an evolution of consciousness happening, and it's happening through us we're not creating it it's creating us through this 
opportunity to shine in our own creative field. I love that. So what advice, what, what is left to say here that you haven't got to say, but what advice would you give to those listeners today who are waking to this and feeling perhaps impatient, perhaps hopeless, perhaps um, tired, a lot of a lot of people that I come across in the awakening business are really tired. It's like, how bright can we shine? And and yet I feel like I'm going to burn out that light. So what might you say to, to those listening today? Mm. Well, the, the first thing in our awakening experience has to be the pervasive thing which is uh, an opening of the heart to that power of universal love that nourishes us. So if someone's feeling tired uh, or discouraged or disillusioned, I think you have to go right back to the starting point, right back to that powerful love that woke you up in the first place that you opened up to and just be with that and then everything else in the human experience gets powered powered by that that fueled by that we have more to do than have our hearts cracked open but the but the open heart is opening to the power of the universe the power of the sun within us that fuels everything else and that's just so important and then from there it's having the courage to express that and everything that you say and do, to, to be an expression of it. And if it's precious to us, the things that are precious to us, we have to have the courage to hold as precious, to protect, to foster, to cherish in each other, in ourselves, in our lives. We have to cherish it, and then it grows. Mm. So what I'm hearing, David, is the whole conversation of climate change or economic collapse or systems breakdown we we know it's the evolution of consciousness we know there's there's so much more to it than that but what i'm hearing from you is if we get into that place of despair of grief we need to switch back and not see it as outside of ourselves it needs to we need to bring it into our feel our creative field and love it some more with that burning fire within our own heart as as the sun How, am i am i on the right track yeah absolutely you know as, as a friend uh, someone who's a friend to both of us barbara marx hubbard would say you know our crisis is a birth and it's about the birth yeah, yeah. there's a crisis and yeah there, there's a breakdown but there's also a breakthrough there's something being born and it all depends on that and that's the fun part. That's the uplifting part. That's the revitalizing part, the regenerative part. And connecting to that birth, being part of that birth, being there for the birth is, is what it's all about. Mm. Okay, beautiful. I before I close, I want to you to I want to hear you speak just a minute or two, if you could, about grace, because I love how you use the concept energy word of grace in the book can you speak of grace i i sure can so i believe we open to to grace through courage 
when we have the courage to live our lives fully as who we are, we have the courage to be ourselves and bring the power that's within us in, into the world all in. We, we then discover that we're not on our own, that there's something behind us that is so beautiful and so powerful and so awesome that is holding us and powering us through our lives. And that is grace. It, knowing that is grace. And in all that is, that, is, that is dying and all that is being born, there's grace. There is grace. Mm-hmm. And we can be a, a living embodiment of that grace, not only for ourselves, but for other people. The assurance that all is well and exactly what should be happening is what is happening. Beautiful. David, it has been a delight to have you here again and bring your message through for our listeners. Um, There's so much potential in this book. I just want to remind our listeners that we're talking about becoming a son, emotional and spiritual intelligence for a happy, fulfilling life. You can find David at davidkarcher.com. Yeah, David Karcher, K-A-R-C-H-E-R-E. David, thank you so much for bringing your genius to us here today. Oh, thank you, Julie. So good to be with you and with your listeners. Mm, Thank you. I look forward to um, digging into this much more just for me because there's so much (laughs) yummy goodness right there. Okay. Okay. I can't talk about it enough, so I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you, listeners, with some words of David. He writes, I believe that when the seeds of grace grow in people, they have the opportunity to come to know grace in every phase of the creative process. The more they know that grace, the more they radiate that grace to others. Yes, those seeds are already present on the inside for everyone. But it makes a great difference when a human being sows the seeds of grace for someone else. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie show, all things connected. Remember together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole until next time. I'm sending you a world of love. So now go out and sow some of those seeds. Bye for now. <music>